You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on charity season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What is up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 345. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. This is a podcast that is seven years in the making. JoJo Fletcher, Jordan Rogers, former Bachelorette winners, hosts of the Big D Wednesday nights on the USA Network. First time I've ever spoken to either of them. You're going to love this interview. We'll get to it momentarily. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's brand new day disinfecting wipes conveniently tackle surfaces, including remotes, tablets, and smartphones, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria with a fragrance that feels like a tropical getaway for your senses. (sighs) Don't just clean, Lysol clean. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Now, something that I said on the Daily Roundup today that I want to also get out there for this interview, uh, in this open, before you listen to this interview, if you didn't happen to listen to the Daily Roundup, there is an audio issue here, this whole podcast. And for the first 20 or 30 minutes of this podcast, I did not know what was going on. And that's, you will hear every time I'm talking to Jordan and JoJo, when I am done talking to them, either with a statement or a question, you'll hear about a two-second pause of dead air. And like I said, for the first 20 or 30 minutes, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, are, are they not hearing me? Are they are they uh, not getting it? Am I not addressing who I want to answer the question since both of them are on the phone? But I know, I was thinking in my head, I know I just said, hey, Jordan, what do you think of this? Or hey, JoJo, what do you think of this? Let me just say, this is not their fault. What it is is I realized this about halfway through and there wasn't anything I could do, which was their PR team called me and then conferenced Jordan and JoJo in. So it's not like Jordan or JoJo called me or I called them, which is usually how all my podcasts work. I just call my guest or they call me. 
and it's just a direct phone call that I'm recording. This one is going through an intermediary. So because they are basically on a conference call, that's why when they hear when they are hearing me talk, they're not hearing me in real time. They're hearing me basically on a two second delay. It took me a little bit to realize what the hell was going on, but I just wanted to lay that out there because as someone who's done podcasts for seven years now, I could count on probably one hand how many times a guest went through an intermediary intermediary, and we had this issue. I think in the early years of recording with Mark Wahlberg, the host of Temptation Island, I had to go through NBC Universal. Same thing. I think he heard me a second too late or whatever. So, um, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, I, it doesn't, it doesn't really take away, I don't think, but for me as someone who likes, you know, the cleanest audio you can on a podcast, yes, this is more of just a, you know, people say something's an eyesore when they look at it. This is like an audio sore for me. Maybe you won't think it's a big deal. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't even have noticed it if I didn't bring it out. I, I don't know how you couldn't cause it was, <laughs> it was driving me nuts cause I thought they either didn't hear me or they didn't like my question and they were thinking like, what is this guy talking about? And then they were just like, okay, we'll, we'll just answer it. Like, no, that wasn't it. It was just, they were hearing me two seconds behind when I was really speaking to them because they were on a third, it was a third party call. So unfortunately that's the way it is, but I hope it doesn't take away. You will love the interview. And yes, we do address the fact that in 2016, my coverage of them on the bachelorette in particular, Jordan was not very good. It was downright brutal. It was harsh. And I wanted to bring that to the forefront right away. Publicly, I had addressed this with Jordan. I mean, excuse me, privately, I had addressed this with Jordan. But I wanted to publicly do it because I was publicly doing it back in 2016. So it wasn't good enough for me just to address it with him privately. I wanted you all to hear it. I wanted you to hear their response. (laughs) That was another one because it was literally the first thing I said to them. And then there's a two or three second dead air. I'm like... Oh shit! Did they not uh, appreciate what I just said, or did they not under? You'll get it. Um, but yeah, that's what we have to deal with uh, for this podcast. But I really do think you're going to love it. I I love the fact that these two really believe in their television show, in the Big D. Uh, you can tell they're very, very pro Big D. Uh, they like the show. They like the people on it. And while it is a reality show and it's dating and it's divorcees and you're looking for all this drama and hookups. There's an actual real heart to this show, and I think you started seeing it last night. Jordan alludes to it in the podcast, but you really started seeing it last night where you're having these divorced couples, couples that were together, some of them since high school, having conversations with each other and saying things to each other they had never said before, yet they're opening up and being vulnerable and being honest on on television, and I thought it was great. I thought last night's episode didn't have a lot of drama, and I still really enjoyed it. Outside of Takur being an asshole, wasn't a lot of drama last night, and I still thoroughly enjoyed the episode because it had some heart to it. I thought the two conversations Jillian and David had, the one in the villa about 15 minutes into the episode, maybe it was 10 minutes into the episode, and then their going away conversation It's like, this is what you want out of reality TV. You want some cattiness and you want some drama, but you also want some sort of realness to it. And I thought last night the show started getting real uh, with David and Jillian and for some of the other couples. You start seeing things. You're like, okay. So I really enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, you'll hear JoJo and Jordan talk about that. First 
25 minutes of this podcast of this interview is all about the big D. Then we get into, you know, I've being this is the first time I've ever spoken to them. I have never even talked to Jojo and Jordan about her season. Now, I'm not sitting here talking about like, hey, remember in episode two, you did this? No, it's more about just their overall season in general. Kind of the general question I love asking people who were the final couple. Like, when did you know? Did you think when you woke up this morning, you were gonna, that morning you were going to be picked? How was it for you guys? And And Jordan gave me some answers that I did not know. And I don't know if a lot of people knew. So I just... I can't tell you how excited I am for you to listen to this, so I'm going to be done talking. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, it'll be the spot for everyone. From book club to game night, the kids can even host their friends. Whoa, it smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh air wick. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 345. All right, uh, you know them as the final couple from The Bachelorette Season 12. They are the current hosts of The Big D airing on the USA Network. Wednesday nights, 10, 9 central. They are Bachelor Nation royalty. I almost can't believe I'm saying this. It is JoJo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers. Guys, thanks for coming on. Excited to be here. Royalty. I feel like old news. Seven years ago. I mean, it feels like an eternity ago. Okay. Before we dive into the Big D and uh, and so many other things, I, I just, I wanted to put this out there. So if you could just give me a minute here real quick. Jordan, I, I messaged you privately before all this, uh, but because this was a very public thing back in 2016, I I think addressing it publicly is, is necessary. Um, you know, while your season was airing and even afterwards, uh, my reporting on your relationship, in particular you, Jordan, um, I think was uncalled for. Uh, while I was hearing things, you know, looking back on it now, I, I don't think I – 
I shouldn't have handled it the way that I did. So I, I did just want to, you know, publicly apologize to you guys, let you know that, um, you know, I've changed how I cover the show now and how I've owned uh, the past mistakes that I've made. And I, I know you guys have spoken in interviews for years about how your first year together was, was rough. And if my reporting during your season and after your season played any role in that, again, uh, my apologies to you. And I'm really glad to see, you know, you proved me wrong. I appreciate that, Steve. I know we spoke offline privately when when, uh, when you messaged me, so that, that means a, a lot. I also said, hey, part of that was probably granted. You know, you didn't know, nobody, nobody knew me. Our, our struggles as a relationship had nothing to do with the outside noise. Obviously, that plays into the early part of your relationship, but we were just getting to know each other, like any normal relationship, except for the fact that we had a million people watching us. Uh, so it was, a, it was a crazy first year for us for a lot of reasons, but you are no fault at that. And obviously it ended up where it should be. And uh, we're happy that we made it through that crazy experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that's great. And congratulations uh, to you guys for that. But I just, I, I did want to get it out there because it was, it was a season that I was, uh, you know, I was harsh and uh, you know, just looking back on it, like I said, it was just, <laughs> it was uncalled for. It didn't need to be reported the way that it was. It could have been handled differently. So uh, just wanted to get out there right off the bat. Um, so Let's jump into uh, let's jump into the Big D now. The thing about the Big D that's interesting, one of the things that's interesting to me is, as you guys know, this was supposed to air last year. I mean, we were set to go. We had heard about this, or like, oh wow, JoJo and Jordan are hosting a show called the Big D. It's going to be on TBS, and then three weeks before it was supposed to premiere, it gets canceled. So JoJo, I'll ask you this: Were you thinking? Oh, great. You know, we just shot this show that I'm assuming you really liked and you wanted people to see it. And then it gets pulled mm-hmm. out from under you three weeks beforehand. Were you thinking that's it? It's not getting picked up. Or at the time, were you thinking, I think they're pitching it. Other, we, we have to wait, but I think the show will get picked up. Or were you like, we're done? Yeah, you, you know, it, it was such a wild experience. You know, we shot that while all the stuff was still going on with COVID. And so we after we shot it we were gearing up for this really big you know premiere we had done a ton of like production behind it uh you know had so much so many teasers going on so it was kind of a very quick uh pull if you will and i think both Jordan and i were like totally shocked um we we believed in the show um obviously like our producers and everyone behind it really believed in the show so we we weren't sure what was going to happen, but I think the hope was, hey, like, listen, maybe this is some sort of weird blessing in disguise. Maybe this is going to land somewhere else with, uh, you know, a different formatting to make it easier to watch or on a different network. And I think, honestly, after finding out that, you know, USA had picked it up, streaming next day on Peacock ended up being, I think, an even better situation for us. So, yeah, we were definitely shocked, but we're super happy, you know, with how it how it all turned out. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe the viewers know or maybe they don't know. I mean, this was shot two years ago. So that's like, it's like we're watching it now and you're like, wow, okay, here we are in 2023. It is kind of funny to look back because now. We were still fiance. We hadn't even been married yet. You weren't even married yet. Yeah, but you here. (laughs) And that's the thing, like looking at, even looking at some of the contestants on their Instagram pages now, I'm like, wow, they look different. And, um. But so here's here's the don't other thing. Don't do a deep dive, Steve. You'll know, spoil it. I know. No, oh, I'm, I'm, trust me. I don't. You know what the funny thing is? I tell this to everybody. Seriously, The Bachelor of the Bachelorette and, and Bachelor in Paradise, it's literally the only thing in my life that I care to spoil. I don't want to know what happens at the end of the movie. I don't. 
I don't read the end of books first. I don't want to know like um, any other reality shows that like I love Survivor. I love the challenge. I don't want to know what happens at the end of those. And I I'm pretty sure there are spoiler sites out there. And it's just this franchise that uh, that that's the one that I cared as well. Like I don't want to know what happens at the end of Big D. I really don't. So yeah, you're pretty good at it though. So I will say (laughs) you're pretty good at it. Well, thank you. Um, all right. So here's what I'm digging about the show so far through three episodes and. And just in in the concept in general is like we you know reality TV has been around twenty years and we're like you feel like every idea has been exhausted and this was a really new idea I don't think we've ever seen a show like this have we I don't think we've seen a divorced like hey let's put divorced people on an island isolate them together have them date each other and see if there's any rekindling that goes on I that's what I really like about it that this is brand new concept jordan would i mean am i missing something or is i don't think this has been done no yeah totally and that's kind of what intrigued us when we first got pitched uh as the idea of being host obviously we were like wait a minute we haven't been divorced we're about to get married are you sure are you sure this is the right fit are you sure we're the people you're looking for but really as the production company lighthearted and the people that created the show and pushed the show started to communicate that look Yes, there's going to be the drama and the craziness that we love about reality TV. I mean, it's going to happen. You put divorced couples in the house, shit's going to happen. Um, But really, they wanted to push and understand and kind of peel back the layers of healing and moving on after divorce so you can find a relationship after that. And I think last night's episode really starts to dig into that part of it. You're starting to see some healthy closure. You're starting to see some relationships either end or maybe rekindle only because they were put in a situation where they were forced to confront these issues where it's very easy. Once you sign that divorce paper to go, we don't ever have to talk about each other. Maybe you have feelings, maybe you don't, but we don't have to see each other. So we love that part of the show that was like, Whoa, that is different because we know what it's like to fall in love on reality TV. We don't know what it's like to be divorced, but we can maybe help foster some of that rekindling or some of that new relationship because we've, lived it you know what i also think just to jordan's point it's really interesting because i think we have seen some shows or you know you have the exes on the beach right and you have these like you know similar maybe an idea but nothing that's ever touched the topic of divorce right Mm -hmm. and i feel like when people think of divorce it's a very final decision right like it's not a decision that any couple ever would take lightly and it takes a really it's a hard place to get to and i think that that finalness of it and bringing them back it's really interesting to see what could change because obviously they didn't take that decision lightly to get married, nor did they take the decision lightly to get divorced. So it's, it had some really cool, you know, just turns of events that happen. Well, you know, to touch on what you just said, Jojo, I think the thing that really intrigued me about this is, you know, you bring up shows about, you know, you go on with your ex or whatever, but these aren't exes who have dated. I mean, they were married to this person. So the roots of these relationships runs very deep. And regardless of how much some of the couples may be over the other person, it's still someone you were once married to and deeply were in love with at some point. And that just doesn't go away. So when you saw these couples, Jojo, was was there hope in your eyes for a few of them that they could work through things? Because I know last night's episode I think the breakthrough was 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 Jillian and David. Now Jillian may have been eliminated, but to have that talk and I think what did she say to him that he told her for the first time um 
that he need like he needed. She said something to the effect of, and I'm totally blanking on it, but I I can't believe you said that. That's the first time I've ever heard you tell me that. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Watching last night's episode, and like I, I kind of knew what happened, right? We we were relived it, but I, I had tears in my eyes watching that moment, and it was so interesting because you know we have we've all different types of you know ex couples that show up, and some that have very different stances on where the relationship stands now, uh, how it ended. Um, but you know, Jillian and David were interesting to me because I feel like you saw the roles kind of switch a bit for a moment in time where David was really trying to fight for that relationship. Jillian was really moved on over the course of, you know, three episodes, you start to see some dynamic shifting. And then at the end, I think it was the, the absolute closure that they both needed. And it was such a beautiful moment. Like this show is crazy, right? There's a bunch of crazy, ridiculous stuff, which makes it super entertaining. But those final moments where these ex couples come together and they kind of have this closure was unbelievable, and I, I feel like that was so needed for the relationship. And they were high school sweethearts. It was a 16-year relationship, yeah. and like JoJo said, Jillian came that first meeting on the beach and was like, uh-uh, like, you're not getting back with this, and then you saw her go, wait, I do still have feelings for David, but then just their realization that, hey, we tried, we went at this thing, we're not right for each other, and let's... And let's, I still love you, yeah. and I still respect you, but this is exactly what we needed to move forward in a healthy way. And that's what we love about this show, because it's got the craziness, like, with decor, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but, like, <laughs> yeah. that part of it, the really tugs at your heartstring, you're like, oh, there's some hope now for both these people moving forward, David on the show and Jillian off the show. Whether they end up together, totally. you know, to rekindle that relationship or not, you know? So it's, I, that's the part that I actually really love about it. It's so weird. Like, I'm, like, yelling at the TV, laughing my ass off, and then I'm crying at the end of it. And I look at Jordan, I'm like, what just happened? Well, I, I really like the fact that the six original couples that were chosen, Ariel and Blair, Casey and Brooks, Alexis and Devin, Didi and Takor, Allie and Mims, and, and Jillian and David, some of them were, you know, one either one party was not over the other one, or some of them are on the outs, you know, Ariel and Blair. Well, one of them is not over. Ariel's clearly not over Blair, and Blair's made it known from this second he stepped on the beach, like, I'm done. You know, we are we are done, and who knows? Maybe, yeah. that, maybe that changes as it goes along, but I love the fact that there are, there are couples on this show that are horrible communicators, and then there are couples that are really good communicators <laughs> yeah. or are getting better as the show is going on, spending this time again with their ex, like, wow. We, we can be better at this. You know, Alexis and Devin are probably, I guess, the two right now that seem like, wow, they want to <laughs> they want to work on things. Their, their, rela- hilarious. their relationship was my favorite, I think, to, to watch in the beginning, because it was like they were still this old married couple, oh my like gosh. just the banter, the back and forth. They were really, uh, Really fun. And to they watch. showed up on the beach going, uh uh-uh, uh, you ain't getting back with this. I'm ready to be single. I'm ready to date, kind of talking trash about each other a little bit. And then now you had that sweet moment where in the kitchen, Alexis is like, I'm going to tell you something, and then you need to forget that I said it. <laughs> and it's kind of that realization they're like, wait, a minute. and it had been a couple of years since they've been divorced. And, and for those of you that are watching, like her mom played a big role in it. She was heavily involved and we'll dive into that heavily involved in the relationship. And it just got to be too much. They were toxic at times, but it's been a couple of years. And now they're like, Hey, you don't, you know, I still got feelings (laughs) for you. As crazy that is. And we'll see what happens with their journey, but it's pretty cool to see, you know, in just a, a short period of time, couple of weeks that, that kind of change for them, their dynamic. And we'll see where it takes them. Well, that, that line of, you know, like she said, she said, I'm going to tell you something and then you better forget it. 
I may still, I may still love you. (laughs) It's a pretty big line to say to your ex-husband. And then he goes, I knew, I knew, I knew you did. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a great line. Now um, let's jump to, first off, let's go to, even though Brooks is gone, uh, Casey and Brooks, Brooks was the first person that was eliminated from the show. He clearly went on to try and get back with Casey. Casey wanted no part of him. Casey is the spitfire. She is the fireball of the show. Like, she is pure. She is what reality TV is made for. Like, she was born to be on a show yeah, like this. 100%. She is awesome. Um, and and look, and she's probably if you had to look outside of um Takur, if you just go on the women's side, I've seen the twi- I've seen the tweets that there are women that just think, oh, so annoying, so obnoxious, so loud, or whatever. I think she's great. Like, I I love the fact that she has zero filter does not care and is telling everybody exactly like she's following what this show is like hey i'm coming to see if i can find love again and she makes no bones about it i i actually love it she's great i will say you know casey from the beginning it's it's you know jordan and i have kind of been through a similar situation where you show up to a reality tv show you're trying to date it feels awkward it's uncomfortable it takes people some time to even just like loosen up and kind of give the opportunity a chance. Casey from the get-go was amazing because she was, like you said, she was an open book, no filter, was super open to exploring all different types of relationships, um, conversations. And I feel like for Casey, and I you know, hope everyone keeps watching, but you're going to see like a little bit of an evolution, I think, with Casey. And she, she was a great one from the get-go that I think helped other people in the house start to open their eyes up as well you know what I mean to different options well that's good I mean that's good to hear because watching her I I just she's uh, she's entertaining TV she's quite a hoot though she's a spitfire (laughs) she is she's great to watch um so let's uh let's move on we've been sitting in the production room like the eye in the sky watching all these cameras and just going thank god for Casey like just Keeping the energy up, you know, open things up, Jillian, talking about people. Jillian, Jillian had some great one-liners, too, that we didn't realize that like, she was really kind of funny. and like, In her I mean, interviews. Yeah, we didn't get to see that side of it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. 
Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh air wick. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. So let's move on to the couple that I think uh, obviously a lot of people are talking about right now, and that's Didi and Takur. They're mostly talking about Takur. Um, I don't know if that guy ever spent a second on that island sober. Uh, last night's episode, he was ham- it was so obvious how drunk yeah. he was. And then to say the things that he did to his ex-wife, you know, it'd be nice if you were ever on my side and you're not. You know what the fuck you do. You know, you know what? Fuck you, Dee Dee. This is why I fucking hate you. You're an asshole. Like, I, you know, it was tough to watch that. And it's, you know, and it almost seems like it's almost a carryover from their marriage because she has said from the very beginning, like, you cheated on me our whole marriage. Like, and now I, I go out and not even go out, but, um, I go over to the couch to talk to Dean and all of a sudden you feel I'm disrespecting you. Like, I don't think anybody is seeing Takur in a very positive light right now. Jordan, please tell me this guy gets a hold of things soon. (laughs) Takur was an interesting one because you're right. He, he didn't handle his drinking and hasn't handled it well early in this process. Um, it, but what I'll say is, and a lot of people early on were like, why didn't Takura go home night one? Like, he should be gone. Get him out of here. Yeah. And as he kind of talks, part of this experiment, part of this dating show is getting to a point where both sides can move on and be healthy. And it's very obvious that this is a toxic relationship. They had stuff that they had never talked about. Takura doesn't handle these conversations well. So can you imagine how these conversations go when there's not a hundred people around with cameras. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I actually believe that this is a really good spot for them to hash this out. And it's ugly. And Takur is not handling himself. Well, he is demeaning to DD. DD is handling it unbelievably well. Yeah. Like her ability to just stay level headed, be sweet through these conversations, but stand up for herself is amazing. But I do think, and, and kind of hold on there because Takur is going to start to, what's the right word settle down a little bit like start to have some self-awareness you know, i think I, I will say to that point this show for takur i don't think he's ever felt or been exposed in his behavior yeah. um and i think he his behavior and, and how he handles situations and speaks to Didi gets exposed right and so i think that that really uh, Hopefully it's a good thing. Like I, I'm mortified when I watched that last night. I didn't know that he spoke to Didi that way. It disgusts me. I think it's super toxic. Yeah. But I do think Didi having the support of the people around her and other yeah. people seeing that behavior and holding him accountable. And, and holding him accountable, you know, hopefully starts to kind of resonate with him a bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I wanna I wanted to be clear on one thing on what the, you know, obviously you're not going to name names and give out the spoilers, but I want to be clear on what the ultimate prize is on this show for the viewers. And without giving names, obviously, but there, there, there's going to be two people chosen in the end who are, who find love again, whether it's a rekindling of a divorced couple or two singles finding each other new, right? Is that correct? Is that how this thing ultimately ends? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be a voting of peers. So you're going to see that there is everybody weighing in on these relationships. So it's going to be very hard to fake it. Um, and there's also a $50,000 prize at the end. Now we didn't tell the contestants that we didn't want that to be some you know, motivation for them to fabricate feelings or try to do things at a different pace than what is natural and what really was uh, happening with their connections. Um, but that is kind of the goal at the end is to find out who is actually a committed couple. And that doesn't mean they're getting married or they're, you know, but, but they're leaving this place going, this can be a real relationship. Let's take this to the real world and, you know, be boyfriend, girlfriend, move on, see what the next step is for our relationship. So that's the goal at the end. And, Hello. Yeah, you there? Yeah, no. It. it we, I got the end of. Yeah, I got yeah. the end of Jordan's answer there. And see, this okay. is this is where I, I got a little bit confused was because of last night, um, when they had the when you had the dance challenge, and Devin and Angelique were announced as the winners, and Devin basically stepped aside and said, you know, the winners last night got to go on a horseback ride, and Devin stepped aside, which I thought was. A really cool moment, and I got I got to believe a lot of women watching the show just melted, where he's like, look, um, uh, what's uh, uh, Alexis, he'd always promised Alexis he'd take her on a horseback riding date, and he just didn't feel right taking Angelique, who had, you know, just arrived uh, at the villa, so he stepped aside, gave up his immunity, essentially, for the episode to do that, but then I, but then that's where I got, that's where I got confused, because I was like, wait a second. Devin and Alexis are basically fighting. Um, it, it clearly looks like they're going to work on their relationship. And I thought the point of the show was um, I didn't I basically I didn't think it was the rekindling was 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 an aspect of it. So it, it could be a rekindling couple or a new couple. For some reason, I thought it had to be somebody. Everyone else. Everyone was moving on and you just had to be open to dating other people. And if you weren't, that's what got you sent home. But. You're saying no, it could be a rekindled couple at the end. So that's where I got confused. Yeah, I, I think too with this show, it's like you never know what to expect, right? We, this is a new concept, a new idea. These are people that have gone through a divorce. We're putting them into a house. These are people that need in some way um, either closure from the past. They need uh, help guiding them into a healthier relationship, whether that's, whether that's with their past partner or with somebody new. So I think the goal of everything was like, right, what happens when you take divorce couples, you put them in a house, they're faced to confront past issues that they've never confronted. All of these individuals, they're holding on to something from their past that's preventing them to move forward, right? So whether that's, listen, I got my closure with my past. I found somebody new who understands what it's like to go through a divorce. And we have this common, you know, this common ground or it's, hey, like maybe we didn't have the right tools in my past relationship to talk through the things that broke us. And we're giving them some of these tools. And Dr. Jada plays, I think, a huge part of that. And there are so many more different sessions with Dr. Jada that hopefully you guys get to see more of, but that were happening behind the scenes. So I think the goal at the end of it was like, listen, we want a couple, whether that's rekindled or new, people that are moving on from the past and that baggage and moving into something healthy in the future. And you heard Alexis in the kitchen. I think we were talking about it, Steve, that kind of moment. She even mentioned, she's like, you, you've grown up, like you've matured. And I'm not sure if it was in the interview or if she said that to him in the kitchen, but you kind of notice she goes, maybe that was an issue in their past. You know what I mean? We don't know every aspect of their past, but maybe his immaturity and maybe his temper, I think she mentioned at times. And she's kind of looking at him going, in the couple of years since we've been divorced or whatever that time is, like maybe you fixed some of those things that, that caused that. So that was an interesting moment after that exercise because that was really that first moment that Devin 
made it known kind of that, hey, I actually am going to try to work on this relationship with my ex, even though I could go on a date with a new girl that just walked in. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really fascinating because it's just just in general. You're making two people who used to be married now live in the same room. I, I, I love the touch of putting their wedding pictures up <laughs> on the nightstand and all yeah. around the room. And it's just <laughs> brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be awkward because they I'm guessing outside of maybe Devin and Alexis, these people haven't physically been with each other since they got divorced, let alone sleep in the same room. You no. Know? And you saw you saw Blair. Blair taking a shower in front of Ariel. They don't even live in the same city. You know, I mean, they, not let alone they haven't talked face to face. Now they're working through issues and you know getting naked and showering in front of each other. Like it's just wild. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a really interesting concept. Like I said, I think it's the one. It's one of the reasons that really turned me on to this is that I was like, it's something new. You know, I, I think that we've seen iterations of so many other shows and spinoffs and stuff like that but this is just where do you see two where do you see six divorced couples staying together and either moving on from each other and then if you are moving on from each other in a situation like ariel and blair ariel's gotta watch blair go out on a date with another woman right in front of her face and she clearly isn't handling it well but blair just wants to move on You know, Blair just wants to move on, but Ariel has to sit there and watch it. And they're struggling. Their communication is awful. I mean, it is. It's, yeah, that's an interesting one to watch. I I don't know. That uh, that one's interesting. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, we're, we're three episodes in. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I know there's going to be probably some twists and turns. And, you know, are we going to, you know, Dean and Angelique are the two people that have been brought in outside of, of the six original couples, Dean is, you know, life of the party guy. You know, are we going to see his ex show up? Are we going to see Angelique's ex-husband show up? I mean, I don't know yet, um, and I don't want to know, but it's really, really fascinating to watch this experiment because we just haven't seen something like this. And, um, you know, I mean, this is – I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm on the edge of my seat every week. Uh, I think this two-hour block on Wednesday night is – outstanding i think it's a i think it was great to pair it right after temptation island um so yeah i mean i think this is a great two-hour block wednesday nights on usa your guys you guys are on at 10 9 central so everyone check that out uh i I definitely um i want to obviously continue on with you guys and and talk about you know because first time having ever spoken to you um you know i mentioned I want to talk about you guys and your relationship because, uh, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, you guys have been very vocal about saying that first year was rough and you don't need to go into the, to the why. But my question is this, and I, I asked this of a lot of people I've interviewed who have been part of the final couple of bachelor or bachelorette. Um, you know, it's already difficult to enough to get engaged on TV to someone that you're still getting to know. And then to come off it, and be constantly scrutinized in the media and on Instagram and everything you do is watched with an eagle eye by these fans that followed your love story on TV. So Jojo, you talk about this, this rough first year together. What, what would you say is the main thing that got you guys through it? Oh gosh. Yeah, no, it it was, it just, it's been so long, obviously, but I remember just how hard that first year was. I think, honestly, at the end of the day, listen, Jordan and I made the decision to kind of, like, 
leave LA, not stay out there in the limelight and try to do all these events and all these things. And we went straight back home and we really put in, I think the effort into like growing our relationship. Um, and I just think, you know, we came to a head, Steve, like there was so many, so many highs, so many lows. It felt like this roller coaster of a year when you look back at it, but there was, I think just that I, I say this in a couple of different interviews. We had a, just a big blow up fight one night and, we had this realization, this heart to heart, not in an angry way, not in a combative way, but I think the kind of in a sad way. And we were just like, listen, this was new. I mean, like yeah, most of the new. time, our, our arguments like were blowups. Yeah, it was just we didn't know how to talk, and so it escalated. But I think that we held on to the reason why we got engaged. Neither one of us ever took getting engaged on that show lightly. Like I told myself, I would never just get engaged to get to, to be engaged on the show, right? And obviously, you know from Jordan, he. He didn't either, and he made that kind of known on our season. And so we didn't take that decision lightly, and we knew that if we got engaged, like, we obviously loved each other. There was obviously something there. We just didn't know each other well enough to know how to handle those hard hard times. So I think it was that one conversation where we were like, hey, like, I love you. I respect you, but, like, maybe love isn't enough here. Maybe we're not right for each other. And if we if we both think that we are – then we both have to make some changes. And I think that it was... But if we think we're not, then... And that was okay. Yeah, then it was okay. And so it was this very, like, just broken down conversation where for the first time, it was just about us. It wasn't yeah. about the the what the reason we were fighting, the, the pressure, the, the one thing we were arguing about. It was just like, wait a minute. Like, we made this choice, but we don't have to. Yeah. If we're not right for each other, then it's okay. And, like, we still love each other, but we can go our separate ways. It's not going to be fun, but... If not, though, we need to really lean in to each other and, like, every time something comes up, like, remember this moment and remember why we made the decision to stay together. Yeah, I think to Jordan's point, too, it was like, I felt like we had this pressure that we had to be this perfect couple. Yeah. Um, and I think that pressure kind of kept us, like, intact almost in a way, right? Like, but I think when we kind of let that go, that that one conversation said, listen, like, this is about us and our life. And at the end of the day, like we need to do what makes us happy and whatever that is, like we both want that for each other. And I think that we both decided like, listen, you do make me happy. And we do believe in our relationship and our love, but it was the realization we had to change things. We had to work at it. So that was a long answer, but I think just the awareness and the, the work and the effort um, and kind of like the selflessness we had in that moment. Yeah. I think it's just super easy to be stubborn and to stand your crown and, we didn't in that moment. And so I think that's what definitely kind of pulled us through. And it's just been something we've carried over the last you know, seven years. Well, I mean, it was a long answer, but it was very insightful. And, you know, you talk about the pressures. It's, it's really a long answer. <laughs> but, but very good. Very good. And, you know, you guys both talked about the pressures. So, Jordan, I know you don't live your lives uh, for the fans and the people who follow the show and are Bachelor Nation and all that because your relationship comes first. But. Is there any sense of, gosh, we owe our followers something? Because if we don't, we feel like we're letting them down. Or it's just like you can't get to that point. You have to put you guys first before anything. How do you, how do you gauge what, what the fans should get um, and what they shouldn't get? How do you gauge that as a couple? That's the toughest part. And like Joe just said, the pressure. Like You, you honestly feel feel very isolated because in those fights and in those moments, you almost feel like you don't have anywhere to go because you don't want to run to a friend. And then that friend who hardly knows your, 
your now fiance is, is going to judge your relationship early on. And, and you don't want to show it on social media because you have all these people that are so happy for you and expecting you to continue that love story. And also just that the negativity that we at sometimes will receive, yeah. I think did kind of affect us in the beginning because it was such a new thing. You know what I mean? We didn't yeah. know how to handle the negative, the negativity. But I do, I do think that pressure is real. And, and I think at times, like Jojo said, that's kind of what got us. What? No, I was going to say, it kind of like it, 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 we were able to push some of these arguments aside and just and just get back to being us because we did enjoy each other but but so through that first year because of that pressure i don't think we ever really faced those issues and, and like yeah. you said it took that year to sit down and go wait a minute okay we need to stop the charade in some aspects of our relationship because it's we got to make a choice you like to address the issue. yeah and so that's when we finally addressed that but the pressure is absolutely real because you know you have all these fans that love your relationship and there are beautiful parts of your relationship and, and you want people to to see those beautiful parts but you're also you've met somebody on a reality tv show and then you're moving in together and real life hits and you have jobs and and you have family and you have schedules and and you have all that on top of it so i will say too because i feel like when we tell this story steve like people are like oh so you just stayed together for the fans like that's like no. like our love was there was no denying how much we loved each other because that's what the reason why we, we worked through everything. But it's just, it's the nature of the beast, right? When you go from zero to a hundred in this setting, it's like, of course you're going to feel that pressure. Of course you're going to be affected by comments. And like, it's just this juggling act of, you know, like how to handle it. You know, we've obviously being the first time you guys have been on the podcast, we've obviously never talked about your season. So I'm not going to run down the whole season, but, Jojo, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but your season was right in a string of four straight seasons where the first impression Rose recipient ended up being the final choice. Caitlin chose Sean uh, in the season yeah. before you, then yeah. you chose Jordan, then Rachel chose Brian, and then Becca chose Garrett, all first impression Rose recipients. So I want to ask you, Jojo, when did you know it was Jordan? Was it night one? Was it the was it the one on one in Uruguay? Was it the one on one in Mendoza? When when did it hit you? Oh God, it wasn't night one. You know, I oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't night one. And I I will say, like, obviously, I think I was attracted to him initially, like the quickest. Yeah. Um, but I had no clue. I I even think towards the end, it's just such a unique situation. It's so hard to date multiple people at once when you first like your relationship progresses so just like trying to sort through those emotions is just hard in itself but I think I knew um I think I knew when he told me he first told me he loved me I don't think I actually knew in that very moment that I knew but looking back I think that's when I actually knew um it just shifted and changed our whole relationship um but you know towards the end like I think it was just this I was just scared like I was I didn't know, like people, you know, make presumptions of people on the show all the time. Like, what are they going to be like after the show? What did I, it's one thing I've learned. Like I totally misread and misjudged the type of person Jordan was going to be. Right. I thought Jordan was going to be the risky choice. Right. And that Robbie was going to be the safe choice. And I was going to go with the risky choice because it was what my heart wanted, but I was so wrong. <laughs> I was yeah. so wrong in that. And I totally misjudged it. Uh, so lesson learned, but I think I definitely knew once he told me he loved me that like, okay, this is my guy. Okay. So my other question to you, Jojo would be, and you knew it wasn't Chad when he stepped foot out of the limo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Please tell me that I, right I'm away. I'm scared to answer this question. <laughs> oh. I knew right away, day one. <laughs> Piece of work that guy is. Can I say, though, Steve, Chad got the best edit on anybody on that show. Because if they would have showed half the stuff that actually happened, <laughs> like, it, it was just, it was only, it was too much to justify him staying around. Like, it was, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Just the stuff that happened in the mansion, all of us guys hanging out. Like, it was crazy. There's no way, listen, there are psych evals that happened before this show. <laughs> I remember one of the producers joking one time that, like, a couple of guys maybe didn't pass it. I was like, that doesn't feel like a joke, knowing what I know now. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that, Jordan, because he clearly, not only was he the villain on your season, if we're ranking villains in the history of Bachelor Nation, whether it's Bachelor or Bachelorette. It's got to be up there. He's top three, easily. I mean, the the things that he said, and then you oh, know, yeah. and then go, even when he went down to Paradise that season, and he's F-bombing Chris Harrison. I mean, the guy is off his rocker and then we've seen what he's done post show. I mean it's Crazy. like even it's even worse. But okay, so I'll I'll ask the question to you Jordan. When do you when did you know? When did you know you're like okay, I'm you know, I'm sure you went into the experience with like okay, this will be a fun experience, it's interesting and whatever. And then, you know, things start getting serious, the guys start dwindling down. When did it happen for you? Was it the Uruguay date? Was it Mendoza? Was it before that? Uh, it was late. It was late in the process, honestly. Um, you know, it's funny. Like I, I was introduced to the the show in a, a non-normal way. I mean, you know, they do casting for this, you know, a month before the show starts and they fly a bunch of guys out and they do interviews and they trim it down to 25. Like I was a part of none of that. Um, I was actually, my agent, my sports agent was pitched. Uh, they needed an ex-athlete for a Fox show. And I was like, sure, like I'll take some information on it. I don't, you know, it's a dating show. Tell me about it. And then, you know, they picked somebody else. And I guess my name, it got passed. One of the producer's wives was working on that show, one of the Bachelor producers. And so they passed my lane along. So I literally got a call 10 days before filming started. And, and I was like, well, from Bennett, one of the producers, love Bennett. He was at a wedding. And he's like, hey, you single? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I do um, uh, physical therapy development for a big company. And I train quarterbacks. And he's like, well, can you take a couple weeks off? I'm like, sure. And he's like, we got a great girl. Can't tell you who it is. And, and it really at the time, I thought it was Kayla. And so I just, you yeah. know, I, I didn't even know it was JoJo. And I didn't watch the show. And literally the night before I went to the hotel to get, you know, locked down when, you, when the filming or they lock you down and start. And I was like with my buddy, I was like, all right, let's watch an episode. And I saw JoJo. I'm like, man, I wish, I wish it was going to be JoJo. Like, like, you know, kind of think, well, she's way cute or whatever, you know. But, <laughs> I, yeah, anyways. Um, but so like I went into the process just being like, I have no idea what this is. Like I went into it completely open mind, but I'll say I, I'm a skeptic at heart and I'm very logical. So every time we like, she's gorgeous, she's funny, like the conversation's easy, but I'd like kind of check myself I'm like, yeah, but I'm on a reality TV show. Like, so I'd go home and I'm like, do I, would I really feel that way about her if I was in a coffee shop or I met her, you know, out one night or whatever. And so I struggled with that, those feelings for a long time throughout the show. So even going into the final two where they tell you, you know, they're hyping you up behind the scenes. Hey, okay, you're going to meet her family. This is when you meet her dad and you have to ask for his hand in marriage. And I'm like, hold up to so my producers. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to ask her. Like I, I do know I love her and I, I was there, but I was like, but also her dad's never met me. There's still one more guy. I'm like, I can't sit there and ask him to give permission the first time I'm meeting him in Thailand. So I struggled with that and it wasn't so, and I didn't ask him. You know, I told him, I love your daughter. I, I feel like I could marry her someday. I feel like we're on that path, but there's still part of this journey left. And, 
So it was a couple days after that that I kind of, I had this moment in Thailand where we had kind of a half a day off and I went down to the beach by myself. I was just like in chest high water, playing in the waves by myself, just kind of like having this weird reflection moment going, okay, she's checking these boxes, all these boxes, you know, here's the personal development and all the, 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 the growth I see experience just from this therapy session of a show that I feel like happens off camera in all of our interviews and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I do want to marry her. I do not see my life without her. And so I, you know, asked the producers, Hey, can I call her parents? I'd like to ask, you know, if I can ask for her hand. And so I did that. So it was probably only a couple days before the actual finale we filmed it. Um, you know, just before maybe picking out the rings uh, mm. that I really was like, I'm going to ask her now because we even had a date at one point where I was like, Hey, if we're not ready, you know, I'm, I, I want to marry you someday, but if we're not ready in a couple of days, we don't have to do it in a couple of days. And I don't think that went over well. I think that probably put up red flags to Jojo. Like, okay, is he even real about this? So it was really late in the process that I was like, you know what? I know I can't live without her TV cameras aside. Like this is what I want to do. When you woke up the morning of the final rose ceremony, did you think she's picking me? Did you know? I mean, in your, you know, deep down, putting yourself back on that day in Thailand, when you woke up, did you know she was picking you? God, that's, I, I mean, being a confident 27 year old, I was like, she better pick, like, I mean, she's <laughs> picking me. Right. But I will say you just, there was, there was always that doubt. And what's funny about that day is, you know, that the, the engagement scene is going to be at sunset. So you have your suit on about one o'clock and you're kind of just fiddling around your producers there and, yeah. and, and you're just waiting for that car to show up and you know, whoever's going to be the no is going to go first. Yeah. So I'm kind of watching the sun the whole time going, okay, how high is it? How close are we to sunset? <laughs> and I got a call to go to my car and I'm like, I looked outside and I'm like, Oh my God, this, it's, we're not close to sunset. Like it, it's not going to be me. And so I had this like crazy, Oh my God, like it's not me moment, you know, an hour before I ended up going to propose. So it was a, it was a complete mind game that whole day. You know, what's funny. And I always wonder this because I never told Jordan, obviously that I, he was my choice, right? I think the night before I was like crying in bed, having no clue what I was going to do because I felt so conflicted in my head. Uh, I always wonder, like, do other leads tell the person, maybe I'm an anomaly, but tell the one that they're going to pick the night before or the last day, like, hey, don't worry. I don't know. I've I've heard it has happened. I I never did. I can't remember off the top of my head. I've heard it, but it could be, it, it could be like maybe they didn't directly say it, but it was well hinted that like hey I, you know. well i should have known ben didn't tell me directly and i got stuff <laughs> yeah. so maybe that makes sense maybe he told lauren it's you know you know what's so funny because uh you know we as viewers and even people that cover the show talk about that whole sunset thing and we wonder if the contestants really even know about the sunset thing and realize oh um as they're driving there oh shit i'm number one I'm about to get, you know, I'm about to get dumped. I got to go through with this speech and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of funny now to think back seven years, Jojo, to hear you say that you were conflicted the night before, because I don't think anybody saw you with Robbie. I know I didn't, but you know, whatever. I mean, no, I, <laughs> I you know, it was hard for me too. I just, I think I knew that I don't like hurting people in general. Yeah. And I feel like and I, people always ask me what my advice is to bachelorettes. 
for anyone going on to the show. It's like self-sabotage is a real thing. Like overthinking and like self-sabotaging is like something that I think I would do all the time. And I always try to tell people like, trust yourself, trust your instincts, obviously be smart, but like, don't self-sabotage. And I feel like I, I did that at times towards the end with Jordan. Wow. Um, you know, I, a couple things that I want to end with here, and these are a little more lighthearted things. Uh, number one, we we know that you guys have a cameo uh, this season on Charity's Season of the Bachelorette uh, down in San Diego. You guys judge the Barbie date. Um, obviously, uh, there was stuff that got out that day, but um, I, I'm completely blanking. But correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time that you guys were ever asked back to be a part of an episode or a, after the final rose or a mental. I, I want to say that I don't remember you guys ever going back. Is this the first time or am I mistaken? Uh, I did a couple times, together, though, but I together I think it was the first time. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I mean, yeah, Jojo, you've been, uh, you've been on. And then obviously last night, a lot of the former bachelorettes leaving video messages, uh, for charity, um, without, you know, going too much into detail, how was the, uh, San Diego date? Uh, it looks like it was a lot of fun. The guys had to, you know, create a song and create their own lyrics. Um, but again, jo- Jordan, you've been through this experience as a guy on a group date where, shit, there's 12 of them. You got, you, you know, you want to stand out, but do you do something over the top or do you kind of lay low and go smooth? I mean, what'd you think of how the day went? Group dates are tough, man. I hated group dates. I mean, it was fun because you end up really liking the guys that you're around. And I guess I was lucky. We had a good group of guys outside chat, obviously. Yes. But um, but they are tough because you like you're trying to get weird moments. You're trying to pull her aside when you can. And then you know this format, like you mentioned, is just absolutely bananas. I will say, Charity has a really good group of guys. Yeah. Like when when cameras were off, like I was chatting with them. I enjoyed like I'm I, I was buddy buddy with a bunch of them. So like she's got some really fun really good looking guys. And I will say they go all out. Like they were not shy. They were not holding back. So it, it, and neither was charity. I'm just like yeah. impressed by her confidence. And mm-hmm. like oh, that day would have been like a nightmare for me, but you know, whatever. Uh, it was really funny. And like, she had a great time. The guys were so fun. Like I'm excited to see like the rest. Obviously that was the only thing that I've seen from the, the show, but yeah, I think it's a good group. Uh, this, you just saying that Jojo just brings me back to your season real quick. What was like, did you, was there one group date that you were just like, I'm dreading this. Like it's, it's too many or it's too embarrassing or whatever. Was there one date that you just didn't like? You know what? I remember we had a group date where it was like a live comedy show where you had to tell like your worst sex story. Oh yeah, that's right. And I think in the beginning of the day, I was told that I had to go first, right? And (laughs) do my thing. And I was like mortified. I was like, absolutely not. Uh, I don't think I ended up having to do it. (laughs) So that was one I was really nervous about, but that was probably one of my funnest group dates. I got, you know, I had a few glasses of wine and watched these guys tell the most ridiculous story. Um, and then, of course, Chad ends up punching somebody. So oh, had to ruin right. it. That's right. That was the Chad and Evan. That was the Chad and Evan fight. That's right. The sensual, yeah, the sex that's class. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, a couple other things. Uh, this happened to you guys last week, and I don't know if you know this. So you guys are doing an Instagram live last week, and you guys, oh my God. you guys got hit by the streaker. By the way, do you know that? Off the top of my head, you are now the fourth Bachelor Nation 
couple slash person that he's gotten. Like this guy is known for doing this. He's gotten Caitlin. We had no idea. Okay, yeah, he's gotten Caitlin. He's gotten Kelly Flanagan, and he's gotten Serena Pitt. So what he does, and it's just, it's mind-boggling to think someone's this big of a loser to do this. Because, as you said, you didn't know. You saw, oh, Dr. Jade is in our chat. Let's pull her up. This guy literally, I guess, I don't know, I guess just waits for famous people to go live. During that time that they're live, he creates a fake account of someone he knows that they will pull up to come on the show. And that's why he chose Dr. Jada, because you would be like, yeah, why wouldn't Jordan and JoJo pull up, you know, their, the, the doctor that was on the Big D with them? You know, I don't even know how he does it. Yeah. And what's crazy is like the week before we were doing another Instagram live, Jojo was doing it about uh, her spritz company and uh, her sister-in-law popped up like, Oh, like Ray wants to join the chat. Like, okay. And you know, and we didn't end up connecting it because we were wrapping up the live, but then we asked her later and it wasn't her. So it was him trying to jump in that one too with a profile that was Jojo's sister-in-law. Like it's just great. Like an ongoing investigation about this guy. How do we track him down? That's the thing. Like I, if he creates it on the spot, which he must, because there's no other way he would, I, I don't know. I like, I don't know how you catch something like this. But the crazy thing is, if you were walking down the street and a guy came up to you and flashed you, like he could get arrested for that. Like, this is this is totally. I know this is arrestable behavior, and yet he's nothing happens. I will because say I'm though, tra- Steve, it, we couldn't get we couldn't have asked for any better marketing for the big D though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, people would have thought, I mean, if, if we would have been geniuses if we would have come up with that idea. Wow. I mean, you know, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned um, St. Spritz. I want you, uh, Jojo, talk about St. Spritz. You guys just had a launch party uh, last week uh, here in Dallas uh, for St. Spritz. Tell everyone about it. Yeah, well, it's super exciting. This is just a, a canned spritz that me, my sister-in-law, my brother, we, we launched it, what, 12 days ago. But we, it's a, if you, listen, we went to Italy last summer. Jordan and I honeymooned there. My brother got there, got married there, and we just were crushing these Aperol spritzes left and right, came back home. We started trying to recreate them, started to do a deep dive into, like, all the, you know, things that are actually in an Aperol spritz that aren't the best for you. And we just... We wanted to make one that was ready to drink for ourselves. So we just started like tinkering around the idea. And, you know, 12, 11 months later, we kind of put one together. It was an amazing formula, but it is a canned, a wine-based canned spritz. Uh, the flavor profile is that of an Aperol spritz. Um, but it's just super refreshing, super light. And, you know, we're just getting started with all of our like launch stuff. But the response has been amazing. And I will tell Jordan, you know, he used to joke with me. He's like, hey, you don't really ever drink that much. You don't ever fart. I'm like, I'm spritzing every night these days. He's like, this is fun. Is this is this only is this gonna be right now you can only purchase it. Where can they purchase it? Online? Yeah, so our website is saintspritz.com. Uh we're only online right now. Obviously, like this is kind of crazy. This is we are doing this totally on our own. So this is we're boots on the ground, uh launching this business. So we're only online, but the goal is to obviously grow and to get into retail. Um, but you know, one thing at a time, but yes, online at saintspritz.com. Perfect. And uh, one final thing, another thing that I saw last week on Instagram Live, uh, not Instagram Live, on, on just Jordan, and I think it was on both of your Instagram stories, playing the 10th hole at whatever course you were at. Jordan, how close did JoJo put that shot 
uh, on the par three at the tenth hole, wherever you guys played. What was more impressive? This was just we, we lived close to a golf course, so one afternoon I just I just went out there and played a couple of holes, and then you know JoJo texted me and I was like, "Why don't you just come?" So literally, that was a great shot. That one she put a little over the green. She was using my club, so I think it had a little more pop than she's used to. But the very first shot she had was another par three. Uh, like three or four holes before that, no practice swings. It's a, t- it's my least favorite par three too. It's uphill. It's a little longer. Wind's always in your face. She steps up and pops it like a foot from the front, fr- from the front green, like probably 15 feet from the pin, and like no practice swings. Just steps up and drills it. I'm like, so it's a good thing I'm married an athlete because she. Uh, I was actually kind of mad though because like I'd been playing for a while and I was like, she's better than me. So. <laughs> I was gonna well, say, JoJo, was on that one. yeah. I, I was gonna say, Jojo, you've got a really good swing. Are you? Do you play, or is this just kind of a fun thing for you? No, really. You know, it's funny. Like growing up as a kid, I played all the time with my dad. My dad has always joked, he's like, "You should have stuck with it. You'd be on the LPGA." I'm like, "Dad, that wasn't in the cards for me. I get too frustrated with golf. Yeah. It's not good for my my emotional mental health." Uh, but I used to play as a kid, but no, I haven't played recently. I need to get into it. That's going to be like my, my older year sport, you know, yeah. golf I mean, and pickleball, pickleball yeah. <laughs> and pickleball. Well, you guys, this was, um, this was a great conversation. Seven years in the making. I'm so glad we got around to doing this. Um, big fan of the big D, like we said, Wednesday nights, 10, nine central on the USA network. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on. Thank you so much. You guys. Thank you. It was awesome. This was fun. Thank you, and uh, we will certainly be in touch. So take care, you guys. All right, see ya. Bye. Thank you so much to Jordan and JoJo for coming on. Seven years in the making. Couldn't have been a better interview. I really enjoy the fact that they believe in the show that they host. You can tell there are some hosts out there that might be hosting a show just for the paycheck. You can tell these two really believe in the show. I can't wait to see how it plays out and to see who ends up winning the prize and who is voted the couple to leave that thing together, whether it's a couple that decides to rekindle their relationship or a newly formed couple. But JoJo and Jordan uh, were great. I really enjoyed them opening up and talking about their relationship as well because I think while they have been together so long, we haven't heard them talk about it much. And... I am, like I said, a little bit disappointed that I dropped the ball. I wanted to ask them about, you know, just the difficulty of their wedding. You know, supposed to be having it during 2020 and then COVID came and having to postpone it and all that stuff. I just was curious about that, but that's on me. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Please follow in Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can as well. Um If you're interested in sports, Jordan is on the Sports Daily tomorrow because after I recorded with them, he recorded another 45 minutes with me talking about all the main storylines as we head into the college football season, this 2023-2024 season, the last of an era because it's the last time Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in the Big 12, last time at UCLA and USC are going to be in the Pac-12, and the last time we're going to have a four-team playoff. So... 2024 is where it's all at. I'm sure we'll have a great college football season. I'm certainly looking forward to it, looking certain to betting on it, looking forward to betting on it, but let's face it, we're really kind of all looking to 2024 because we've just never seen this in college football before. 12 teams making it, and Jordan brings up some excellent points as to why 
he really likes the 12-team playoff as well. So that's tomorrow on the Sports Daily if you're interested in sports. But I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm glad that Jordan has moved past everything, um, the coverage of him in 2016. I had no idea where he was at. First time I'd ever reached out to him a couple weeks ago and couldn't have been nicer. Water under the bridge. Let's do this, Steve. It's been nothing but nice and uh, definitely going to be on again in the future. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you! At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.